0: Good morning. In addition to being Thanksgiving week, this Sunday in the Christian calendar is Christ the King Sunday. We celebrate as we invoke scriptures like this one from Philippians chapter 2 saying, because Christ emptied himself of the authority of God, humbling himself to the point of death on a cross, God has then highly exalted him and given him the name that is above every name. Therefore, every knee in heaven and on earth and under the earth should bow to him. Or as John puts it in the book of Revelation, he is king of kings and Lord of lords. And of course, let's not forget those majestic hymns. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. This powerful imagery captures our collective imaginations, doesn't it? I grew up with this king imagery, and for many it is what makes church special and holy. And yet, as powerful as this imagery is, All images have their shortcomings and can grow ineffective with overuse. I know many through the years have challenged this king image because it can inaccurately describe the fullness of the reign of God. Some call it patriarchal and even offensive. Others claim that there have been so few good kings that the image has And irreparably damaged. And of course, volumes have been written about how Jesus undermines and redefines our very understanding of kingship. In today's passage from Ezekiel, we find a description of the reign of God which doesn't depend on that sort of king imagery. This text is a good corrective balance. It challenges us to move beyond the throne and consider God's reign afresh. It also challenges our churches to consider how we may have used regal imagery in unhealthy ways. God is not merely a king, safely holed up in the palace, safely separated from God's subjects it's time to expand our understanding of what Scripture teaches us about God's reign. Ezekiel provides another powerful image that may better serve the church in the years to come, and that is the image of shepherd. We notice in Ezekiel chapter 34 that God comes as a shepherd. You see, God's shepherds have not done what God called them to do. They have not gathered in the weak sheep. They have not sought out the lost or healed the sick. So God responds out of a great love for humanity and powerful compassion for the lost by going forth God's self. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, saith the Lord. I will seek the lost. I will bind up the injured and I will strengthen the weak. God takes off from the throne and leads the search party. The king has left the building. I believe that we too need to follow God out of the throne room. And that often starts by confessing our reluctance to do so. We need to confess our reluctance to put ourselves out there. Out there is a vulnerable place. Our churches are really comfortable staying in the throne room, the sanctuary or worship center. It's where people aren't openly threatened where it's clean and beautiful and safe, and the music's pretty. Boy, do we like the safety of the throne room. We like our faith neat and tidy. But to live into God's reign, to to obey God's call upon our lives, we must join God in the search party, in that great shepherding work. Our God is a wandering God, willing to engage in the messy, challenging, dangerous work of shepherding. God wants God's followers to get out of the building. Now, I, I know we are in the midst of a pandemic, and so it's best not to take this literally in this moment. But there are ways you can still shepherd without putting yourself at risk. The point is, God wants us to go and search for the lost and hurting. God wants us to wander, meaning engage, every part of the community. Sometimes that means going where most might not dare to go and into situations that most of us would be tempted to avoid. This reminds me of one of my favorite Christ-like characters in literature, Bishop Welcome in Les Miserables by Victor Hugo. Bishop Welcome is given this nickname by his people in honor of his gracious hospitality. In the story, when he discovers that his elaborate Episcopal palace Is next door to a tiny, cramped, single story hospital. He says, There is evidently a mistake here. There are 36 of you in five or six small rooms. There are three of us here, and we have room for 60. There is some mistake, I tell you. Have my house and i have yours give me back my house and you are at home here so the switch is made and the bishop's palace becomes a hospital for god's sick sheep as the story continues bishop welcome spends very little time in his now modest residence He decides to visit every parish in his region. One of his parishes is in a very dangerous part of the country and requires the bishop to travel treacherous roads frequented by bandits and robbers. The mayor of his town begs him not to go and warns him that he is risking his life to a quote, flock of wolves. Bishop Welcome replies that perhaps Jesus had appointed him shepherd of this flock of wolves and that they too need to be told of a good God. And then he adds, I am not in the world to guard my own life, but to guard soul's. So Bishop Welcome makes it safely to the remote parish and the people greet him warmly and excitedly. But soon they lament that they don't have the appropriate vestments or episcopal ornaments for communion with this bishop. Interestingly, before it's time for the Mass, a mysterious box is delivered And in that box are vestments woven with gold, a miter decorated with diamonds and other priceless ornaments. It turns out the robbers, those wolves, had found out that Bishop Welcome needed these things, and so they left the box out of respect for him. God splendidly adorns the humble shepherd, who bravely went forth to gather in both the sheep and the wolves. We, like him, need to follow the God who not only leaves the throne to gather in the lean, weak sheep, but also the God who brings to judgment those who have taken advantage of these sheep. In verse 16 of our reading, God says, The fat and the strong I will destroy. And God God gives the grounds for judgment in verses 21 and 22. Because you pushed with flank and shoulder and butted at all the weak animals with your horns until you scattered them far and wide. I will save my flock and they shall no longer be ravaged. And I will judge between sheep and sheep. Then we are told God will feed them with justice. God will feed them with justice. I love this image. I picture the thin sheep sitting down and feasting scrumptiously at a fine banquet of due process, civil rights, equal protection, economic justice, a banquet served on fine linen with several toasts being given to equity and human dignity. By contrast, the fat sheep choke on the same fare, for as they take it in, we are told they will be consumed by God's justice. You see, God calls us out of the throne room, not just to gather in the weak sheep, but to challenge and speak out against the fat sheep who are ravaging and taking advantage of them. We cannot continue to hunker down in the throne room to avoid getting in the fray. We have to guard against joining or supporting any person, institution, or power that preys on God's precious sheep. God calls us to follow God's lead and speak out against power misused. Peter Story, a Methodist minister who fought to keep the church from becoming a mouthpiece for the government of South Africa, Once issued this warning, quote, the church must be different from and often over against and in contradiction to the ways of all nations. That alternative identity must be cherished and guarded as the most important characteristic of the church. The richest gift the church can give the world is to be different from it. It must be a constant irritant that the world doesn't want but cannot do without, End quote. Yes, we are called to follow Christ the King from his throne room, to go and search in the worst places for those weakest sheep. We are to defend them, sometimes even at our own peril, against the fat sheep who trample them underfoot. We are called to be in service and welcoming to those who we may fear as the most different from ourselves. It's no surprise that when God came in the flesh, he fulfilled the prophet Ezekiel's vision as he lived upon this earth. Jesus spent all of his time gathering in the weakest sheep, those who had been placed on the fringes of society. It's no surprise that we find Jesus speaking words of warning to the fat sheep. It's no surprise that when Jesus describes his own judgment in the 25th chapter of Matthew, his standard for separating the sheep from goats is, how well did you go forth and tend to the least of these? On this reign of Christ Sunday, yes, Christ is king. And that image needs to take a secondary seat for the church to have a new day. Let's focus on the image of God as a shepherd on a relentless search, speaking truth to power and gathering in the weakest. So this day... May we, too, leave the throne room, go forth, and shepherd well with God's help. Will you pray with me? Lord, by your Spirit, give us the courage and the desire to be your shepherds in a world that desperately needs shepherding. It is in your son's name that we pray, amen.